Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This week, uh, I ranted about The Purge. The Purge, ooh. We talked about the MCU and some of our issues with the finer details of it. Uh, talked about Batman and why he shouldn't, you know, carry nukes and use surveillance equipment. Uh, if you want to, you know, boil it down to the to the essence of the conversation. Uh, we talked about Spider-Man No Way Home and how it's just sort of s- coming together to sound like a fan fiction. Uh, we talked about, of course, the infamous leaked CW Powerpuff Girls script. It's still crazy. It got as far as it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Timestamps will be listed out in the description if you want to skip a certain part or if you just can't wait to get to a certain part. Follow us on social media. That's all linked down below. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Follow Jared on Twitter, friend of mine, Steam and or Xbox. Yeah, come on, it's game. Share the show with a friend. Tweet out our episodes. Tweet out our clips. Our clips channel will be linked down below. And uh, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. And uh, let's just jump into it. I thought of this the other day when I was like thinking back on the MCU. Like, oh yeah, Black Widow was an Avenger. And oh, yeah. post 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 Civil War, obviously, you know, uh Sam and Steve were working together. Uh, but there was also uh this third member there. Oh yeah, it was Black Widow <laughs> who never gets talked about past endgame. Unless you're watching the Black Widow trailer, nothing references her. That's a good point. That's a really good point. (laughs) You would think during Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam would be like, oh yeah, you know, this reminds me of of that time that I was talking to Steve. And also, oh yeah, Nat was there. You know, the person that I spent two years fighting crime with. Not even counting being on the Avengers. Post-Civil War, we were in a trio together. Nope, nope. She just she she's gotten completely sidelined. It is very weird that she's just disappeared from everyone's minds. Yeah, and it's like uh it's like that meme that I don't I don't know if you retweeted this or where I saw it, but it was like the funeral that uh that that Black Widow gets. I don't remember how it was worded, but it was basically like the the funeral that Black Widow gets and it's like a few people like being sad by the water. And then the funeral that the guy that signs your paycheck gets. <laughs> and then it's Iron Man's big funeral with every every single MCU character there. Yeah. God. You know, when, when you start pointing out all these things in Endgame, it makes me realize just how weird of a movie it actually is. Yeah. It's like... It has so much stuff in it that, like, you think they're going to do good things with, but then it all just comes out kind of this, like, weird, like, sludge. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, it was a good, um, it was a really good conclusion in a lot of ways, but also in a lot of ways. A really uh, bad oh, one. <laughs> shit, my mom's calling. She always calls when I'm doing the podcast. Just a second. Oh, is it a Jerry's Corner? Yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah, I'll go get the Dildlows. So on this episode of Jerry's Corner, it's long overdue, uh, I'm going to eat an aluminum can. 
I cannot eat an aluminum can as my teeth are all rounded. Damn. Defeated again. Anyways, listeners. I've been working on my painting techniques a bit more. I have none. Anyways, all my stuff is still coming out pretty alright. It's not terrible, but, I mean, they look they look like what they're supposed to. Also did decals for the first time. Fuck decals, man. Those things, like, I don't know if it's because of how small they were. Because mine were pretty small because they're for minis and shit. But, ooh, pardon me, those things just don't want to stick on for shit. Had to apply so much stuff all over it. Wound up having stuff that looked kind of, like, weird, you know? Ah, you get the gist of it. Little little munchkins, you. Now, that being said, if any of you guys are actually midgets, I apologize for using such hard-handed slurs. However, it's is it true that you guys get mad when you're called midgets and stuff? Like, I just want to know if that's true. Like, I mean, I'm not going to make fun of you or anything, but I just really want to know. Is it a slur to call little people midgets? Because, like, there's that John Mulaney joke where he's like, ha ha, midget is the N-word to little people. And he's like, no, it's not, because one of those words you just said. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know any midgets. The last one I knew actually got a height growth thing. He got big all of a sudden. He's, like, bigger than me, and it's weird and gross and... His bones make disgusting noises when they move. But, point is, is it racist to call little people midgets? Also, is a midget a race, too? Can it be? Can we just, like, sub-race people? Like, just kind of, like, like there's like there's white there's white black and all that stuff but then there's like the sub tiers there's like tall white or like midget black you know like can we start doing that make it like a fucking DD class system you know what i think there's a lot of stools out there that could be replaced with small people and i don't think any of us tall chads would notice but then again like what if you're too tall what, what if, like, a tall person and a really small person got together, they hooked up? Like, like how would that relationship work? It's like, what if the what if the tall person was, like, a bottom also? So, like, the, the really small person... I don't know. Oh, I'm hey! Back. Welcome back. I was consulting the audience about whether or not it's racist to use the phrase midget. As I've said midget ten times in the last five seconds. Well, it's like that John Mulaney quote. I also you know? quoted that, but then again, I also said, I don't know if I know any midgets to ask. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, even if they do get offended, what are they going to do? Call the short... There'll be, a, there'll be a tiny riot outside our offices. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> Adorable. What are they going to do? Stack themselves in a trench coat and kick your well, ass? Alex, I'm just saying, think about what happened to the Empire in episode six. Good it's, point. <laughs> I am an ATST compared to a midget. They will fucking dome me with some logs. <laughs> they'll uh, they'll tie up your legs. They'll tie. Like the, it'll be like Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels. They'll tie me to the ground. <laughs> when I reveal I'm peaceful, they'll name me their king. God.
Anyway, what was I saying before? Something about Black Widow being sidelined. We were talking about Endgame. It was like uh, Endgame is both a good and a bad conclusion because you get like, like it's a good conclusion to like Iron Man stuff, but everyone else who died gets like shit. (laughs) They get nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh, Black Widow died? Who was that again? I'm sorry, Tony Stank died. Yeah, well, that's also why I think generally the MCU works better as a, as a uh, an interconnected set of like seasons of television. Like if if there was like uh, if you know like Captain America: The Winter Soldier was a season of television, I generally think it would be better than the movie was. Generally yeah. speaking. Of course, it does come down to, you know, who's writing it and, uh, you know, are they going to put in a bunch of filler? But generally speaking, I think that and like the Civil War story, uh, of course, since Civil War was a, a long running comic arc, I think that would work really well as a season of television because you get more, I guess, build up to it. You get more, you know, fleshing out of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's an issue that I've had with the MCU, you know, since, you know, since I got into it, uh, you know, whatever number of years ago, it just all feels like it goes by so fast. Yeah. Like it, it feels like, it feels like, um, like two years of comics gets condensed into a two hour movie, which I don't mind. I don't mind that, but it just feels like it doesn't have enough time to breathe. Shit, I was like half the movies they make. Fucking like how many like Spider-Man movies are just like seven different issues rolled into one. Yeah. That's why I like um that's why I like superhero like TV shows better. Like yeah. like Invincible. Invincible is really good. I don't know how good of a movie it would be. I'm sure it would be at least fine, but being a TV show, you get so much more room to breathe and so much more room if, for character development. If Invincible was a t- uh, movie over a TV show, they remove uh, probably all of the Mahler twins and robots story arcs. Yeah, and that was some of my favorite stuff. Mahler twins are the best. They're my fucking yeah. favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I, I just feel like superhero stuff like and you know any of the marvel stuff needs a lot more room like uh like daredevil is you know it's it's one of the most popular mcu properties whether or not you want to consider it part of the mcu it's kind of up in the air i've been hearing that he's going to be in no way home which i've been hearing everyone's in no way home but yeah (laughs) yeah like daredevil is is such a good show because you get room for character development and characterization not that there isn't any in the movies but i mean compare the daredevil movie to the daredevil tv show yeah no that's completely different yeah no i think there's anything wrong with it it's just you know it's it's yeah it's, compare the two the movie's so much better yeah now i loved that movie as a kid but like as an adult i can recognize that it's not as good i haven't seen it yet and i'm i'm afraid to it's it's kind of it's kind of boring 
I'm not gonna lie. Like they they have Daredevil beat all of his villains in one whole movie. God, uh, yeah, I I have this idea in my head of it being like so bad it's good, like it, it's like weird, laughably it's... terrible, but it's probably just boring. Okay, you know how Scott Pilgrim versus the World he fights multiple villains in it, and it's like a tier system. Oh, and it's really well done and well written. Yeah, it's like that, except you remove that last thing you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like he fights Elektra, and then like they fall in love, and they're like, oh, okay, now we're going to have to kill Bullseye. So then he goes and he fights Bullseye, and he's like, I work for Kingpin. And then he goes and fights Kingpin, and then he's defeated all of the crime in New York, and then they that's it. And it no also doesn't help that... Or anything. <laughs> It also doesn't help that all of the um, action sequences look like PS2 cutscenes. That, and also his echolocation stuff. They did a cool thing where they showed it, but it's, like, really weird, like, graphic shit. Like, yeah, uh, like, like, uh, uh, Arkham Detective Vision. Kinda. Like, I don't know if you've seen RoboCop 2, but to the people who have, it looks a lot like what RoboCane's face looks like. Like that, but it's sound waves. <laughs> It's weird looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it. Yeah. It's just like a black void with like this weird blue thing. And that's yeah, it kind of reminds me of like in, um, in The Dark Knight when Batman casually uses a mass surveillance system to rival the NSA. And it has that like sonar kind of look to it. Yeah. You know, Batman gets away with a lot of like really illegal shit. <laughs> yeah like yeah, i get that I was... like the the cops are like oh it's batman we go after him now and then they're like oh batman he's helping us but it's like yeah but like what if one day he stops doing that yeah <laughs> it's like oh this man literally keeps track of everyone he knows gordon's home address where his family lives and everything i probably shouldn't put any tabs on that <laughs> it's a batman what's he gonna do yeah, I was watching this Vosh clip where he breaks down why like the the Dark Knight uh the Dark Knight movies are like I forget what he described them as, but I think he called them like fascist or something. Uh and basically breaking down like why it's bad to idolize someone that like you know, breaches uh, personal rights to the extent that Batman does. Yeah, and it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good breakdown. But um, she doesn't like it when Batman's gadgets were just like Arkham City gadgets, except for like the you know I want to cripple you for life Batmobile. Yeah, but like I mean, like Detective Vision and shit like that. That makes sense. Having a spy network where he can just monitor everyone's phone calls and shit. I don't know about you, but I don't like Big Brother being a fucking rich old man in a fursuit. Actually, he's not even yeah. that old. He's like 40, isn't he? A, a, a rich middle-aged man in a fursuit? I'd rather that not be what Big Brother is. Like, if we're gonna have it, I'd rather it be something a little bit more stable. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... Batman movies really and i've talked about this on the show before but batman movies really need to reverse the direction that they're going in where it's getting progressively darker progressively grittier progressively more like fascist apologetic -y. yeah you know I mean, where it's like, like this this cool billionaire that's totally 
awesome, uses mass surveillance, and can kill anyone at any moment. Isn't that so awesome? Like, I just, like, I feel like Batman really needs to go back to basics, be maybe a bit goofier. Uh, I've talked about that before, but he needs to really, like, the character needs to be rolled back in terms of, like, the power level that he's at. Like, like right now, Batman and the like in the comics and the movies, he's this like all powerful billionaire who's just a guy, but he also has the power of a god because of the <laughs> the level of technology that he has access to. Yeah, it's kind of fucky when you think it about should be it. more. It should be more similar to you know in Iron Man three when yeah. Tony like has like he doesn't have access to the suit or anything. He's just he's stranded, but he needs to take down AIM. So he like goes to a hardware store and just picks up stuff and makes like you know makeshift weapons with it. We I feel like that. that's it's the, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe that Batman should be. You know, it, it's it's not it shouldn't be like this is my Wayne Tech nuke that I'm gonna use on a mugger. It should be like <laughs> you know this is a this is a gadget that you know I I I just it should be more like instead of this is a gadget that solves crime for me it should be this is a gadget that i use along with you know mostly my detective work and my like hand-to-hand combat skills to to solve crimes yeah batman's gadgets quickly went from like oh this is something he uses to trip up muggers and stuff to like i've devised a weapon that like injects poisons into your blood vein into your into your veins that will cause your entire body to act like it's paralyzed that way i can then transport you to my secluded lair where i'll pummel information out of you yeah i i really hope that cia but (laughs) they don't kill you afterwards God, I really hope that the new Batman movie, you know, Rob Bat, Bat and Bat, oh my God. leans more into detective the stuff. detective side. Yeah, I, like I hope so too. He needs to be the world's greatest detective, not <laughs> some like you know, bat He's just a dressed ninja that dabbles in like solving a riddle or two here and there batman's current detective skills is the same like detective skills utilized in guantanamo bay he doesn't like investigate a crime scene like oh the bullet trajectory is off and stuff he goes to a crime scene finds a guy and then breaks his jaw until he gets the right answer yeah well it's it's that and that's not detective work It's that, and he also has, like, a hologram that reconstructs the crime scene for him, and he just notices a detail here and there, and it's like, oh, I guess this is where the guy went, because the hologram said. I just, I don't like Batman, because he's just, like, a Mary Sue, but as a superhero. Don't fuck with us Batman fans. We hate Batman. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you, like... Uh, when Batman started off, I liked him because of Justice League, like the old cartoon, not the Zack Snyder movies. My God, when Batman Snyder started off in 1935. Movies. I was a fan of him then. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, he was good back then. He was a good guy. Now he's just kind of he's Batman gives me like violent incel energies. No, I really do want like for <laughs> real though. I do want uh. And I, I'm I'm sure the Rob Bat Bat and Bat won't do this, but I want a Batman movie that is like like a period piece set when Batman came out. You know, and 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 it's true to the era and it's 
you know, like I'm, I'm just a guy with, you know, technology of the time solving, solving mysteries. Cause that is more interesting. It is more yeah. interesting to be limited by old timey technology and have to like skillfully solve crimes rather than this is my bat nuke that I use to beat up thugs. And this is my bat tells me what happened here. Gadget. Batman holds someone at gunpoint. Tell me all the information you know. Doesn't shoot the guy. However, he'll get his information and he'll call himself the greatest negotiator. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bat- someone read Art of the Deal. <laughs> I got out of that situation with more information than the other guy. I am the best negotiator. All yeah, it cost God. was his kneecaps. <laughs> God, Batman's again. His detective uh, work is is just horrible. It's like uh, no wonder all the cops in that universe hate him. He's literally just going around crippling people, and then calling himself a better detective than the cops who are doing like actual detective work. <laughs> like they gotta like try and pinpoint where the bullet came from. Batman just like makes a guess, and then cripples an entire group of single fathers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like, how how did you come to this conclusion? Uh, you know, I'm Batman. I found some hobos in the streets, and I got lucky this time. <laughs> Turns yeah, out that... one of them had a gun. It's kind of like the, um, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. They're not quite that bad, but it does kind of lean in that direction. But it's okay, because it's kind of like the style, whatever. Yeah. You know those movies, right? The ones with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. The ones that are somehow weirdly more accurate to Sherlock Holmes' character also. Like, this is a weird I will say that, absolutely. Because, like, in the books that... Uh, the Sherlock Holmes books, he's not a normal human being. And it's not like he's, he's like super smart. There's a fucking part where it's from Watson's perspective where he's describing how Sherlock fucking lifts and flings a car over his head. And it's like, why did no one mention that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just feel another like thing. we're missing um, some. <laughs> another thing is he is also like just a guy and I feel like like the the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, as much as I like that um, adaptation, it does really like deify his like intellect because like Sherlock Holmes in the books is a smart guy for sure, but he is a guy. Yeah, like he's just uh, a no, person. He's he not is a person. A person. I okay, refuse look, to he, believe Sherlock Holmes is aside, in any shape not an eldritch monster because there's aside, so many weird things he does in those books. Aside from casually chucking a car. He reads someone's mind at one point, and I don't understand how. Alright, look. (laughs) Aside from that. He isn't human. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, as you were saying. uh, (laughs) The, uh, Linky Sherlock is weird because he's like, really smart but it's like too smart they really leaned into it in season four because i'm i don't think you you haven't seen any of it have you i saw the first episode and it wasn't really my cup of tea i'm gonna be honest with you 
It just reminded me too much of like the R slash I'm very smart uh, Reddit. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is they're all assholes. Okay. Yeah. So everything <laughs> that you don't like about that is amplified so much in season four. Oh God. <laughs> So, like, spoilers ahead, if you care about season four of Sherlock being spoiled, if you're gonna watch it but you haven't yet, um, sort out your priorities, but yeah, skip to the next timestamp if you don't want to hear it. But, so, in season four, there's a new character introduced that is the sister of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. Okay. This is not just a retcon. This is also news to Sherlock. <laughs> okay. Oh, I ha- he has a sister. I have a sister now. So Ooh. she was... So Okay, so you know how in the show Sherlock has all these like mind powers and he can like do 5D chess with people and like fuck them up mentally? Oh, yeah. So, Sherlock's sister is that turned up to an 11. Oh, fuck. And she also is like, um, she has a similar vibe actually to the girl from Orphan, which is an all right movie. But, like, so to illustrate my point, Sherlock had this, uh, this dog that he has flashbacks to throughout the series that he loved very much that died and it was like a source of trauma for him and he 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 did all kinds of adventures with this dog he this dog was his best friend and you know of course sherlock is is you know sad about the that dog's death now when i say that that dog is sherlock's best friend i mean that dog was literally sherlock holmes's best friend that he repressed the memory of and remembered as a dog oh what his sister killed his best friend what and (laughs) and to cope with that uh after his sister was sent away because you know she killed a person and is mentally dangerous sherlock as a coping mechanism chose to remember that best friend as a dog and chose to completely not 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 remember his sister one bit she is completely <laughs> retconned out of his memories imagine you like you're hanging out with your that best is friend. the choice that is the writing choice <laughs> that they made for that season imagine if like you hang out with your best friend and his sister breaks into your guys's house and she kills you and then for the rest of your friend's life, he only remembers you as a fucking furry, and he forgets that your murder ever happened. So part of <laughs> that is another what part of that, that se- poor son of a bitch. <laughs> another uh, part of the season that makes no sense, uh, showing her um, her mental prowess. Uh, so you know she's okay, kept so in this like she's supposed blast. to be a bad guy or yeah she is a bad guy okay, but by okay. the end it's like oh she's misunderstood and she just needs she killed a guy <laughs> yes yes she did like um, this isn't like a, a loki like oh he he's a god of tr- this is a, a a human being killing another human being yes in cold blood you're you're right <laughs> this is worse <laughs> yeah and her whole thing is like i'm so smart and i see the world differently so i can't connect with people yeah so so you know i kill people (laughs) 
That's what and the that's guy how they that end it. That's how they mom. end it, and it's like, oh, she just needs a hug. But that's you know that exact anyway. line is what the guy that murdered his mom and wore her face around the house said. He sees the world differently than everyone else. What Any, the anyway? Fuck? Another another part, another another part of the the this season that I don't like to show her mental abilities. Uh part of it is she can like persuade people really well kind of like robert california from the office but like somehow <laughs> crazier oh no she'll, she'll like convince the okay so she's kept in this sorry to keep like backtracking but she's kept in this like glass cell kind of like magneto it's a, it's a similar <laughs> setup not like underground but it's on an island so she's kept in basically the raft and she just convinces the guards to let her go. Um, and by the way, at one point to show how dangerous she is, cause she is like a dangerous individual. Like she'll like strangle people and shit. Um, Sherlock is like visiting her. Like, what did you do with the, cause he was, he was also trying to like solve a crime that she was doing alongside Moriarty who is dead at this point, but he's also committing crimes from beyond the grave. Cause he has like contingency set up like Palpatine. What? What? Sherlock is talking to her and he's like, what did you do to them? And she's like, I'll never tell. And he's like, oh, whatever. What are you going to do behind that glass? And she's like, what glass? And she steps out. There was no glass. Uh, <laughs> the glass was gone. That's and not Sherlock, mental Sherlock gymnastics. Holmes she just fucking <laughs> did not notice. Hold on. The guy whose whole deal is noticing things. Did not notice there was no glass, a highly reflective substance, between him and a psychopathic murderer with his powers to a greater degree. Okay, so like, are they magical in this version? Or is it like every other version where they, they keep neglecting the whole Sherlock Holmes is a weird magic man thing? It's, okay, in universe, it's not like magic. They just really it's, smart. Why the hell he's are just they really taking smart. greater lengths on this one person who killed one guy than they did Magneto, the master of magnetism? Because she talks good? Yeah, I guess. Just gag her. Just like Yeah. Put the Hannibal Lecter shit on her, you know? Yeah, she well, she is really similar to Hannibal Lecter, actually, now that you mention it. She eats a guy's brain? She does everything but that. Oh. She stalks an FBI agent? Look, you know what I'm saying. I know. Anyway, I guess my conclusion <laughs> for this line of thought is that the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies are insane in terms of like mental ability and stuff. Um, and that's they're why accurate they're accurate for the books. <laughs> <laughs> they're accurate for the books for sure but in that being like sherlock mind powers are, are are magic or whatever it's not the most extreme example uh surprisingly enough you'd think is, it would be but it's not there's a part in the books where john uh i forgot his last name already watson when watson and uh sherlock are going through an alleyway three burly men come out of nowhere 
Uh, Watson is watching Sherlock, like, talk them down, turns around, looks back. All three of them are down on the ground, and he can't tell if they're still breathing. Sherlock Holmes isn't just a smart guy. If he's human, he exceeds everything about being a human. Look, to be fair (laughs) about all that stuff, I'm not going to even touch him throwing a car. (laughs) I don't know the context. I don't know... I basically it it's is like he, possible to help to, someone it from is, underneath it or something. It is but, possible to like train your body and like learn martial arts that let you take down larger opponents using like gravity and stuff and he whatever. Read Moriarty's mind though. Like they were talking look, and then he started saying look, things he okay. wasn't even speaking about. <laughs> Jared, they have they have a force dyad, all right? I I mean, I guess that See, it reminds I, me of my favorite part from the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies at oh, the end of the second dyad. movie. The second <laughs> yeah. At the end of the second movie when it's like the this it's at the climax of the movie and the stakes are are super high it's like life and death uh it's it's like represented by like a chess game that Sherlock and Moriarty are playing right uh, and and you know how throughout the series Sherlock does this like okay so this guy is going to do this so I'm going to do this and it like the scenario plays out in his head and then he does it right yeah and I, I I think I've described this scene to yeah. you. But Doesn't they're, like they're playing chess. Do the same thing. They are playing chess. He's like, all right, he's gonna do this. And then he like he notices like, oh, the, he's about to like attack me. So he's gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And Moriarty, it, it, it cuts to a, a close up of Moriarty's face, and he's like, oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna do this, and this this is completely happening in their heads, in their minds. They are thinking, non-verbally thinking. All right, I'm gonna do this. He's gonna he's gonna blow his pipe in my face. I'm gonna grab his arm and I'm gonna put him in a in a chokehold. I'm gonna push put pressure on his wound. I'm gonna do, and then Sherlock's like, "Fuck it, we're both going over the edge," and he flings himself and Moriarty over the balcony into this cliff slash waterfall and they're like punching each other while they're while they're falling and john looks down and he's like oh my god sherlock is dead he he killed himself (laughs) along with moriarty to save me and he doesn't he doesn't fly up as funny (laughs) as that would be but at the end at the end of the movie that it's all wrapping up uh, uh john is like writing out you know this this story because you know that's how the narrative is, is is told in the books he's like he writes the stories down but yeah anyway he's like and sherlock was the best man the best friend that anyone could have ever asked for and i will miss him dearly the end he walks out of the room sherlock is disguised <laughs> as a chair in the background and he's like oh that was close that's how the movie ends that is the end of the movie (laughs) what (laughs) so anyway do you want to talk about spider-man no way home (laughs) look to be fair it was set up earlier in the movie what then if one of them would die the other one would turn him into a chair no 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 it was set up earlier in the movie (laughs) 
I believe it was Sherlock's brother, Mycroft, that was like, hey, I, I have this disguise. Or I think it was it was Sherlock. Anyway, he was like, it was it was part of a case. He was like, I am disguised as this chair. Because, you know, he gets bored and he just does shit. He's like, I'm disguised as this chair and whatever. And it's kind of like a Chekhov's gun situation. But but yeah, so. Except the gun he disguised himself makes as no sense. Hey, hey, Morty. Hey, Mer- hey Morty. Turn the chair around. <clears throat> I turned myself into a chair. I'm chair Sherlock. I, I, Wouldn't I, it be so funny if Sherlock turned himself into a pickle? I, I mean, it's it's not entirely outside of the realm of possibilities for this fucking character. He could probably do, do it. Anyway, what? do you want to do you want to talk I'm about? I'm watching a gif of it. Why is he a oh, chair? Yeah, let's talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, where apparently everyone's going to be in it, and also no one has directions. <laughs> yeah. We got so... Sher- we got fucking uh, Doctor Strange, every Spider-Man, fucking Daredevil, the only one who has any reason not to know the directions, because his eyes literally don't work, but I mean, I guess no one knows where they're going. Yeah, so (laughs) so I have been seeing a lot of news about Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course, we got the news that Alfred Molina was going to be coming back as Doc Ock. We've been hearing rumors that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in it. Andrew Garfield was asked about it. He was like, are you going to be in it? And he was like, no, why are you even asking that? Oh, my God, why would you say that? So he said he's going to be in the movie, basically. Yeah. So now we're hearing that Sony is, is uh, I believe they they confirmed that they're setting up the Sinister Six, and instead of actually setting up the Sinister Six, you know, introducing this is the Vulture, this is the Scorpion, this is you know whoever, whatever lineup you want to do. Instead of doing that, they're just gonna take the the villains from the old movies and just sort of put them together. So there, I I am now seeing that Norman Osborn, you know, the guy that died in the first Spider-Man movie, is going to be coming back as Green Goblin. Alfred Molina, of course, is going to be Doc Ock. Uh, Jamie Fox is coming. Jamie Fox is yeah. Jamie Fox was confirmed a while ago to be coming back as Electro. I have missed Uh, that. The Lizard from the Amazing Spider-Man is going to be coming back. What? Uh, The Sandman from Spider-Man Three will be coming back. Uh, who else? Hold on, I I let me look at the post that I sent you on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know if that one's true. I think it's fantastic because oh, and, and I'm looking, and it's gonna be uh Rhino uh from the Amazing Spider-Man two played by Paul Giamatti, uh, and that's gonna be the Sinister Six. That is I'll, just a rumor that yeah. that they're doing that, but. It does confirmed... seem like they're going in that direction, bringing back all these old characters. The only confirmed cast that I get when I type in, like, onto, like, Google and shit is just, like, everyone that's already been, like, said they were coming in. Also, Hannibal Burris? Yeah, he plays a uh, teacher in the Spider-Man movies, the MCU I... Spider-Man movies. I forgot about that. What the fuck is Hannibal doing in Spider-Man? <laughs> get back on the stage! What the hell? You don't belong here. But uh, it is my dream to someday be cast as a background character or like a like a side character for a Spider-Man movie. 
It's my dream to have Eric Andre prank me. <laughs> I want but I want one of the worst nightmares for many people to become my reality. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Spider-Man No Way Home, it seems like it's gonna be like a fan fiction. Look, I'm gonna say it's- right now, with how everything has been set up leading up to it and how everyone's talking about it and what they're adding into it, I am one hundred percent in full belief this is going to be another Spider-Man three. Where there is so much stuff going on all at once that the movie is just going to fail. Maybe. There is definitely a chance of that. They gotta they have to do what sounds like they're gonna be doing multiverse shit. So there's that that they have to deal with. And they also have to deal with the whole like Mysterio thing at the very end of uh Far From Home. And it's just there's just a lot of stuff they're going with. Yeah. Yeah, I, it it feels like I I have full like faith and trust in the writers at Marvel and and Kevin Feige to like not let Sony fuck it up. But with how things are progressing, it does seem like it's going to be a difficult task to not fuck it up. Sony might intentionally fuck it up so they can get the rights to Spider-Man back so they can start doing Venom Spider-Man movies. God. No, no, Sony really wants to be in the MCU, so they are going to play ball. Like they've like they've done like press releases that are like, "Oh yeah, you know, we love working with Marvel and the the universe that they've crafted and we just hope that, you know, we can work together." Cuz like they really they they really are tired of of having movies flop. They don't want another Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh despite them continuing to want to create them they don't want the financial fallout from movies like those so they they really want to be part of the mcu they want marvel to do a lot of the work with like setting stuff up they also really want venom to be in the mcu and stuff like that they do pushing it but so here's my thought what if they have this this really convoluted plan where the idea is they're going to make a movie that's bad, so they they get the rights to Spider-Man back, and then the MCU is gonna, then Marvel's gonna be like, oh, we need Spider-Man again. Let's make a deal with Sony. To which Sony then presents to them a uh, an ultimatum: they can have Spider-Man back, however, they also need to take Venom with them, and now they'll have their boys in the MCU. I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> I don't know either. But wait, trust so me. hold on. <laughs> They're going to hold on. Rather <laughs> than rather than continue this mutually lucrative business deal, yeah. you think Sony is going to invest money in a movie, make it purposefully fail, so yeah. they so Marvel doesn't want to touch Spider Man anymore, uh, and and then Mar- Marvel will suddenly just let the deal go. Yeah. So Sony can come back and say you can have Spider-Man but you also have to take Venom too. Yeah. So put them on like ins- rent. So so instead <laughs> of this instead of this again mutually lucrative business deal. Alex. You think Sony wants to just give away Alex. their most valuable IP. Alex. Did I stutter? I guess you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
my my conspiracy theories will always be supreme. God, there's there's never there's never an accidentally bad movie with you, is there? No, it's always it's no. They planned it to be awful so they can lose a bunch of money and then hopefully make something better that makes a little bit more money. I mean, to be fair, look at the Halo, whatever the Halo game I don't like. That was purposefully bad, so the next one looks better. So they're planning on losing a bunch of money and then making another game that people won't want to buy because they didn't like the last one. And then, yeah. but people will like it, and it'll make marginally more money. I mean, to be fair, that's what Bungie did, and it also worked. So yeah, maybe. It, to be fair, I am not <laughs> at all a, a businessman. I know little to no uh, information about finances. So what the fuck is I guess finance? we're 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 equally correct about this, aren't we? Man, I just like eating money. Anyway, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I hope it map. doesn't turn out. I hope it doesn't turn out like the last Je- or not the last Jedi, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I hope it doesn't turn out like those movies because like, you know, we talked about when Rise of Skywalker came out, how it felt like a fan fiction and we talked about how it like didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. It felt like someone trying to describe a star wars movie but also they really want a bunch of fan service yeah i hope spider-man no way home doesn't turn out like that i trust that it won't but i'm still like i'm I'm cautiously optimistic part of me really wants it to turn out like that just to see what dumpster fire we get yeah to be clear if it's going to be bad I don't I want, want it to be, good, be like bad. Spider-Man 3. I don't want it to be like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I want it to be the most fan service piece of garbage possible that just scratches every itch as a I Spider-Man want fan. I a scene where all three Spider-Men fuck, and it's like graphic, and it's, like, it's basically a Pornhub video, but it's all three movie Spider-Men. Like, they're in costume still. Yeah, I... But they're I, fucking... Uh, I want the movie to be just as fan servicey as possible. I want, uh, in, you know how like the Amazing Spider-Man Two was bad, but like yeah. the suit was awesome, and you could at least admire the suit while watching it. I want, yeah. I want stuff like that, and I, I want as much of it as possible. If it's not going to be good, I want there to be a scene where Doc Ock just shits into his hands, smells it, then throws it at the wall. I would, I would pay, <laughs> I would pay a hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> to see that just like doc it's alfred melino's doc rock he's like in an old dingy warehouse just shitting into his hand just ah and throws it out not even in costume <laughs> either he's he's wearing like like this the costume that you made for comic-con years ago yes he's wearing that, that. Or like the morph suit and everything so there's like a, a hole and it's cut just, out and he's just shitting into his hands <laughs> He has like a cheap name tag. It's like, hello, I am Doc, Doc Ock. Another thing though I wanna I wanna add to this is that it's not any purpose he's doing it for. He does that, then immediately goes back to monologuing about his master plan with like the sun or whatever. <laughs> so like him shitting into his hands had no bearing on the movie and is never brought up again. But I just want there to be a, a transition straight into that. 
his reaction of uh throwing it at the wall then just coming over to spider-man being like yes this was my master plan all along i'm going to blow up the sun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway marvel if you're listening make it happen give me a job i will make all of your movies beautiful I wanna, I wanna have a uh, a show where we see Don Cheadle actually assassinate Baby Thanos. War Machine walks into a crib and then just puts a claymore on it. Yeah, so make it happen, Marvel. I know you're listening. Yeah, you know, I know so you take- listen. I know you're. I know you. You follow us on Spotify. Uh, uh, make it, make it happen. Hear me out. Since Hank Pym, uh, since Pym particles and shit are no longer a scarce resource, because the guy, he's back. Uh, that means War Machine can do that with like no repercussion. Just go through every timeline and assassinate Baby Thanos. So I just want an hour long montage of all the different ways he does it, and I just wanted to end at the final part. He's like, he's just tired. He just he he doesn't have any other ideas. He just walks in, just shoots the kid, and walks out. <laughs> There's like no motivation behind it, no enthusiasm. Okay, He's look. As much bored. as I want to move on to the next segment, I will say this: <laughs> Why is it always baby Hitler? Why is it the Why is the question? Would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Because the idea is that babies aren't full of sin and are redeemable, but they're wrong. Sure. Right. <laughs> I understand it's like Hitler that. Hitler is a horrible person, but would you kill a baby? To which my response is, would you not? I, okay, look, I understand You've been that. on an airplane before, a lot right? Of, <laughs> look, a lot of people, I'm, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move on to the next segment. I'm going to say okay. this. A lot of people take issue with killing babies. I know, hard to believe. Very hard. So why is the question, would you kill baby Hitler? Because there's no easy answer with that. Yes, there is. Now, would you kill, you know, like, 16-year-old going through his, like, emo phase, rude to his parents, going down the alt-right pipeline Hitler? No, I'd molest him. That wasn't the question. I know that wasn't the question, but that's the answer you get. I would molest adolescent Hitler. Because if you fuck him up at that point, you just don't have to worry about him. He'll be too awkward and confused to do anything for the rest of his life. That one moment will be any all the all the stuff. He'll be caught up with therapy. He won't be able to go to those rallies and shit. His arts degree would just fail immediately because he'll lose all inspiration. Mostly because I'd be doing it in the art room. So, like, you know, that becomes a horrible place for him. And then he'll, like, grow up to be a construction worker or something. And you know what? I just saved World War II without having to shoot a baby. All it took was another equally horrible crime. So, anyway, there was a Powerpuff Girls script that got leaked online. Yeah, and this dialogue exchange we just had was basically the whole thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) uncomfortable and too much sex. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I do. You, I I don't know much about the whole story that happened. I have the screenshots of the of the script that I want to go through. Uh, but do you do you know much about like the backstory for it? I know that basically, idea is Powerpuff Girls was a famous show back in like the eighties and shit, and early two thousands got rebooted. People didn't like it. 
And so uh, the CW looked at it and thought, or, or whoever the company is that's making the movie looked at it and thought, you know, the CW did something. It was definitely something. the CW. Uh, it probably was. They they looked at what the CW did with Riverdale and thought, you know, a lot of You don't know the like highs that. and lows of high school football, poor kid. Yeah, basically. And so what they decided it was, let's do a gritty reboot of a show about three-year-olds with superpowers. So they aged them all up, and it's terrible. Like Yeah, I, yeah, so I says to him, you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. I don't know what that's from, but I know it's a it's CW from Riverdale. thing. Was it? That's yeah, the thing. you know, I that would, show that's based on the Archie comics. You see, that's the thing, though, Alex. I wouldn't know because I have taste in shows. Hey, I've never watched it. I've only <laughs> seen people make fun of it. Good point. I refuse to look at it because I love the Archie comics because the Archie comics are the same comics where, like, one issue would be about, like, oh, Monica dumped me. I'm sad. And then I'll be a happy ending at the end of it. And the next issue is Archie versus the Predator. And it's just... (laughs) We've talked about this before, and yes, I I will say this again. I love that, and I want more (laughs) of it. I want want that to be transferred to to movies based on comics. Movies based on comics need to be as insane and crazy and, and full of crossovers as the comics that they are based on are. I have no idea. I've told you about Judge Dredd before, right? I believe so. It's a it's a comic that's basically about like it's like it's kind of satire, kind of like a talking piece or whatever you call it about like commentary. It's a commentary about like police states because the idea is like it's the future where like the whole of like America is just these giant mega cities and like fucking in order to deal with crime and stuff, cops are basically told to be judge, jury, and executioner and shit. And it's just this, like, dystopian, like, cyberpunk city kind of thing. And the main character is this insanely, like, uh, like, no-nonsense, like, cut above the rest of the cops kind of guy called Judge Dredd, who is so much of an embodiment of a police officer, he doesn't take off his helmet at all, because, like, he doesn't really have a face underneath it. That's a weird thing. He does have a face, but, like, the idea is that, like, Judge Dredd isn't isn't the guy. It's like the whole Batman thing, except he doesn't have an alter ego. Point is, though, uh, Judge Dredd is an extremely violent and, like, gory comic, and I so badly want them to do a crossover with Archie. <laughs> yes. Because it's like, it's just this extremely hyper-violent, ultra-violent Archie gets caught shit. jaywalking. <laughs> You've committed several crimes against Skyrim and her people. That's the thing, though. Like, all of the laws that are broken in Judge Dredd comics are always either, like, death or we cripple you for an hour. Like, they have a gun designed to just destroy the human nervous system. Because that's, that's that's what you get for jaywalking. That's the future Republicans want. Like, unironically, that is the future conservatives want. Yeah. It's it's funny, too, because, like, Judge Dredd is a commentary on that, but it's also a comic book, so there's, like, weird shit that happens. Like, at one point, he fights ghosts. So how many people would you say unironically, like, support Judge Dredd? Too many. It's like... Is it kind of like like, uh, like Watchmen, 
where it's yeah. like this is a story about how this is the the folly of of man and superheroes are See, bad and authoritarian and people are like oh fuck yeah explosions i don't think it's as bad as watchmen because judge dread is such a ridiculous like caricature of like modern day stuff like for example like there's a group of people called the fatties and what they are is, is these hor- these like extremely horrendously overweight people that get by in life by having people watch them eat grotesque amounts of food and it's become like this religious culture to them what the fuck yeah it's a commentary about like weird eating shows and stuff you know like mukbangs which are basically the same exact thing i mean just look at nikakava atakava uh nick nikakado avocado he's essentially one of those things and it's just this it's just this extremely like authoritarian universe and there's like all these other weird things like this like psychics and shit in it because again it's a comic book so it's not always just like you know normal shit again they fight ghosts from another dimension at one point and it's like it's like robocop where it's it's satire but like the hero is the propaganda guy so like it's you're not supposed to take it seriously but there's people that take it seriously so anyway, the Powerpuff Girls script got leaked. Yeah, I'm sorry. I want Judge Dredd to fight the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I want to go through some of these screenshots with you. Yes, let's go. Of, of uh, the, uh, the leaked script. I'll play the part of Bubbles. You can be Buttercup. All right, I can do that. Blossom's fine. I saw on her Insta that she has a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted. And I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. Coming back here is probably triggering for her. Why? Because she's the one who killed Mojo? I mean, moveon.org. The implications that one of them murdered the main villain, Mojo Jojo. I also and, heard... And it's just such a passing line <laughs> to them. I also heard that Mojo <laughs> and Jojo are two separate characters in this in this version. What? No, Mojo Jojo is the guy. Mojo Jojo, Mojo Jojo is the monkey is, man. Is, I am well aware of that, but in what? this particular reboot slash adaptation, whatever you want to call it, from what I remember hearing, it is two separate individuals. I think it's like a guy and a monkey. Anyway, what? anyway, next next uh, part of the script. What? Sorry, I'm just so lost on that part. All right, next part. Bubbles. Oh no, wait. Uh, Bloss, wake up, or we'll leak your nudes everywhere. Off Bubbles confusion. That worked on you once. These are characters that the last time anyone saw them, they were three years old. Yep. I'll read the Bubbles line. Uh, Look, we loved being Powerpuff Girls, but sometimes we wanted to be other things, too. Like in Dirty Dancing, Baby wanted to join the Peace Corps, but she also wanted to be a fancy slut, and her dad didn't get it. Drake, emotional. Jerry Orbach was doing his best to understand. Interior Powerpuff Girls home, (sighs) hallway slash Buttercup's room, day. Blossom heads upstairs, where bumping sound continues from Buttercup's room, then abruptly stops. Blossom opens the door and finds Buttercup in bed with Macy, the woman she eyed at the bar la- the night before. They just, quotes, finished. 
Mrs. Blossom. Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's fine, to Macy. We're done, right, Macy? I'd say six times is enough. And then Blossom says, aren't we here to investigate? I think this is a uh, different part this of is a the different script. thing. This is a different time and place. I'm here t- to pick up by curious townies. You're here to avoid Drake. Bubbles is here to investigate, but she forgot but butch butch butch. butch. I, I don't know why I don't know how to say butch. Hates her. <laughs> Luckily, we're dealing with another hate boner, so alcohol helps. These were three-year-old children with superpowers. Blossom. Why do you know so much about hate boners? Life is one big hate boner. So anyway, yeah, it's the Powerpuff Girls, but they fuck. It's the Powerpuff Girls, except they're all depressed teenagers, and one of them's an alcoholic. Not even teenagers. They, like it, it reads as like 20-somethings. Oh, so they're all just doomers. <laughs> Basically. The Powerpuff Girls, but they followed my life advice. The Powerpuff Girls, but they inherited a fundamentally broken economy. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. So yeah, like, is, is that the way that people think young people talk? That yeah. that is my question. That's how yeah. old people think we talk. The, it's all about sex and hate boners. Well, like when when Bubble says, "I mean, move on dot org." No one has <laughs> no no one has done that thing where it's like, like in like Doctor Evil, like www dot com. Like no one has done that unironically since 1998 no one has no one has done that for the past 25 years how old are these writers too fucking old you remember that wendy's commercial it's like the memer oh god it's them it's the cw it's using guys that took archie and turned it into a weird murder mystery when you just all don't you know the, do the, was just the, the epic the triumphs, <laughs> the highs and lows of high school football person Look, I, that had to drop out in the fourth grade because, you know, he was poor. You don't know what it's like to do extracurricular activities. I just don't get why they did it like that. I don't it's know. So weird. You look at Riverdale, it's like, Archie, is that you? And it's like, it's like a thing monster now. Yeah, I I <laughs> just like I want to know I want to know who wrote this and I want to know who the target audience is. I want to know who this was written by and who it was written for. Well, is because, it cute girls or cute boys? What do you mean? The target audience will most likely be 13-year-olds who are edgy and also horny and have no idea what to do with that. I guess I don't know. Like it like, seems that's like why, that's why Riverdale is a weird murder mystery, and everyone is like inexplicably hot or handsome. It's gonna be the same thing with this one. It is for people who have no idea what's going on in their life right now because puberty has happened, and it's a very bizarre time, and they're all going to make some horrible, horrible mistakes, just like the CW. 
Okay, so you know how like <laughs> BoJack Horseman gets a little like depressing at times? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this this show if it is made will be like that, but not on purpose. <laughs> it won't be like it won't be like an artistic direction or anything. It won't be like a commentary on like you know, living in a society <laughs> or whatever. It's just going to be that bad. It's going to be such a dystopian slap to the face. Like, this show feels like something that would play in BoJack Horseman. <laughs> it, like, as a side joke, too. It'd be, it'd be like a passing comment joke. Like, yeah, this oh, feels like hey, a, like a, like a oh, South fuck. Park or like a Family Guy cutaway. No, it, it's definitely more like a BoJack Horseman joke because it's depressing to think about. And half of their jokes are just depressing to think about. <laughs> That being said, I like BoJack Horseman. It's just a show that makes me feel weird inside. Yeah. I I watched a little bit of it uh like a couple of years ago. And it it's pretty good. I just I never got that far into it. Yeah, no, full I don't li- I don't like watching like shows. <laughs> I don't like watching shows that make me sad. Yeah, no, this show is going to make you feel a lot of things. Especially, yeah. like, the second to last episode. That one was really not not okay. <laughs> like, not okay, not like, oh, they show, like, a, uh, like, a, like, like, an actual corpse on TV, like, Logan Paul. No, I mean, like, not okay as in, like, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna be, like, staring at the TV screen it, that's blank for an hour. Yeah, it, it makes you think. <laughs> but, uh, uh anyway. Stop that. But, yeah, next topic. Um, so I, I did want to talk about, uh, this story, Florida yearbook altered photos to cover more of high school girls chests, but we're kind of running out of time. Maybe we'll get to that next week. It is an interesting story, but, uh, yeah, I <laughs> would like to allot uh, a chunk of time to just rant about the purge because I watched the purge, uh, a couple weeks ago now and it left me feeling a lot of ways. <laughs> Look, I will open by saying this. It is not a good movie. The first purge, not, okay, not the first purge, which is the fourth movie, but the first purge as in the first purge movie that they made in the franchise called The Purge. Not to be confused with the TV series called The Purge, which is significantly better, and I will get to that. So, the The Purge... From 2013, the first, not the first person. You know what I'm saying. It is not a good movie. I'd say it doesn't know what it wants to be. It feels very not, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it has any direction, at least to me. But the concept, the concept is at first to me, it felt so mind bendingly stupid that it just it it felt like if you think about it for more than two seconds it falls apart so of course i watched a 45 minute lore video explaining all of the the movies and you know the founding fathers of america or the new the new founding fathers of america which is like the political party that that took over in universe i thought they had like a new like founding fathers of america like they just replaced them no it's it's a it's a political party uh it really feels like it's just like it it feels like you know like the tea party within the republican party like it feels kind of like that 
but like they didn't want to say it's the Republicans. But it, they're 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 the Republicans. <laughs> but anyway, I watched Ugh. I watched lore videos explaining the intricacies of of the purge universe and now i can't tell if it's incredibly stupid or if it's a brilliant commentary on capitalism and and political parties in general and money in politics and the the rich uh screwing over the poor uh war profiteering all of these things and the conclusion that i've come to is that it's a brilliant premise if explained properly which it is in in later properties like later movies and then the show but the first movie which i will be talking mostly about in this rant is so fundamentally broken in just the being a movie and also being a purge movie so first of all if you're operating only with the knowledge presented to you in this movie the premise does of course fall apart with two minutes of critical thought like for instance the the premise completely depends on everyone really wanting to murder or even being capable of murder yeah what feels like a better outlet for aggression murder or literally anything else nah murder fam like there's meditation there's just thinking about your feelings and dealing with them even if you want to resort to violence mma is legal year round (laughs) you can okay all of these people going out on purge night bro you can go and you can get into mma whenever you want and you don't have to re- you don't have to worry about someone taking revenge on you the next year. I want that purge story. Another thing that I didn't like about the premise initially, which again it, it did get explained later uh, later on, uh, along with the the first part that I did, of course, just mention it. It's it's explained away a little bit. I I do still stand by what I said about how it relies on people wanting or being capable uh, uh, of murder. But this next point, it is explained in later movies, but basically my thought process was wouldn't militias form as sort of a like a law enforcement, not really enforcing laws, but more effectively being a lynch mob. Yeah. You know, like you'd think in this lawless state, you'd have like the Klan or like neo-Nazis forming these mobs that are like hey you know we're gonna make sure the streets are clean tonight okay we don't want it but really they're just kind of trying to kill people they don't like yeah uh that that does that actually does happen in later movies uh it's it's explained that the government actually sends out like death squads and they of course like hire neo-nazis and and clansmen to uh to take you know non-contribute finger quotes non-contributing members out of out of society basically because that is the point of the purge to like basically kill the poor and the homeless people that are a a, a tax burden yeah none of this is explained in the first movie like it's there's like lip service paid to it in the first movie but it's not really explored and this is all going to come to a point that i will get to after i lay out these other arguments 
uh, any restrictions during the purge depend entirely on the honor system. So when the purge happens, when it's like, you know, this is the commencement of the, of the whatever annual purge, uh, it lays out some basic ground rules. Basically, weapons of class four, I believe, or lower are permitted, which isn't really defined. It's generally understood that you aren't allowed to use like explosives or chemical weapons or, or you know, you like you can't release like a dangerous virus in the middle of the purge like that's that's off limits. And you can't use like nuclear weapons if you could somehow get your hands on those. I feel like that just like weakens it. You should totally let them do that shit. I want to see that purge movie. Some guy steals the fucking like uh Fort Knox arsenal. And the other restriction is you're not allowed to purge uh politicians of I think like level 10 or higher, which of course again is not actually defined. It's generally understood you're not supposed to like kill, kill people like high up in yeah, you're not supposed to like kill people that are like high up in the White House, and I think senators might also be covered under this, because uh, of course you know the people making the law don't want to be affected by the law. Yeah, but yeah, all of that, all of those restrictions rely entirely on people just acting honestly in a period of lawlessness. Gee, I wonder how it all went. Bad. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my neighbor. Of course, I'm gonna go out and potentially kill children because that's also allowed. But of course, I won't do anything that's not allowed. Yeah, this is a critique. Another critique that I have with the concept, uh, at least when it as it applies to the first movie, The Purge, not the first Purge, but the first one that you know. Yeah. Uh, the the premise would be a lot better if it would if it would focus more on like vandalism. And if murder was rare during the purge, because, of course, people generally don't want to murder, I believe. Uh, so in I'll give like a quick summary of the first purge, not the first purge, but the, the first one, that you know, the purge. The first movie. Yeah. So it's basically this like rich family in the suburbs and they, you know, are like planning to just lock down during the purge, like all of their neighbors. And then there's this this homeless black veteran out on the streets and. The, this one kid in the family, Charlie, lets him in because, of course, he's being like hunted down, and they bring him inside. And the, the there's this like mob after him of these like young Republican-looking ass people, and they're like, "Bring us the homeless swine, or else we'll kill all of you." And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna happen. Like people are gonna be out murdering, so people are gonna get murdered. This isn't a surprise. But I feel like if a similar set of events happened, but murder wasn't already on the table that would add more drama to it because like uh, you know if a family expects to be murdered and then there's potential of them getting murdered it's like yeah yeah shit happens but if the family expects just to get like tp'd or like they expect like minor like vandalism uh but then the violence escalates then that adds a lot more drama to it and it makes it more compelling of a story i think at least yeah no, you're not wrong. Uh, but with that, here is a section that I have titled Actual sub- uh, Substantive Criticism. So this is more about the movie itself, the purge, the first, not the first purge, but the first one that, you know. Uh, yeah. There, First of all, there's a lot of wasted potential with the purge. The first, not the first, you know. I just feel like if they committed to a theme, a message, and a villain, 
uh, then this could have been a masterpiece. Because, of course, you know, it doesn't really feel like the movie's saying anything outside of wouldn't it be bad if crime was legal? And the villain changes midway through the movie, actually. Have you, first, before I go any further, have you seen the, the movie The Purge? A long time ago. Okay, so you know how there's the uh, the rich people, like the young Republican-looking people? And yeah, they, hunt they got the like the guy. masks on, and they're trying to kill the homeless guy, and then they let them in. And then it's at that yeah. point I forgot about everything until like the very end. Yeah, so they are the villains for the bulk of the movie. And then they corner the family, they kill the dad and the family, and they, they corner the rest of them. And then the neighbors come in, and they kill the, the rest of these these people. And, and it's like, oh my god, thank you so much for saving us. And it's like, oh, well, don't thank us so much, because we, we actually wanted to come and kill you uh, instead of them. Yeah. And then um, the, the homeless guy this. shows up again, who gets fleshed out way more in the sequels, I have found out since. But uh, anyway, he, you know, gets, he, he kills one of the neighbors, and the rest of them are like, kind of held at gunpoint at the kitchen table until the purge is over and the wife is like get the fuck out of my house i will see you tomorrow okay, i love that part though yeah and then the homeless guy the guy that you know saved their lives just kind of leaves and the and the wife is like hey good luck out there that's that's uh all that you that, that's that's the end of his journey as far as the first movie goes of course he does end up joining the like anti-purge um you know anti new founding fathers movement in later installments wait there's like uh, an anti-purge movement going on also yeah yeah like i said that there's a lot that's done with this premise that fleshes it out and makes it so much better and actually does make it a critique of something as opposed to just wouldn't it be bad if crime was legal <laughs> this movie does none of that it doesn't like, commit to a message it doesn't commit to a theme it barely can it barely uh commits to a villain so it at first it's like oh this, these racist people are the villains and then it's like oh actually it's the neighbors that are villains i i felt like that was just lazy writing yeah oh yeah in the in the movie The Purge, the uh, the the one kid Charlie that lets the homeless guy in, uh, he is like, I don't like this. This is this is like stupid doing the the purge. And the dad is like, Well, it's a way of people to uh, to release uh, aggression. You know, it, he gives like the standard BS talking points for it that are used to justify yeah. it in universe. And when I was watching the movie, I really wanted it to lean more into like a. A class commentary direction where it's like kind of addressing like the differences between the upper and lower classes where it's like the upper class kind of doesn't see the lower class as people and i thought it would have been yeah. interesting if the dad was like well and oh by the way the son is like well why don't you guys why don't you and mom go out and purge and he's like oh we just don't feel the need i felt it would have been more interesting if the dad was like well you see, we are more like civilized than some of the uh, poorer, less fortunate individuals out there. I felt like that would have added additional layers to the story, especially when Charlie sees the the homeless man in, outside and lets him in because he's doing that despite 
the uh, the sort of indoctrination or the, like the, the the messaging that's been drilled into him about like the poor and the homeless being like inherently violent people because there is a lot of that like when it comes to like economic class it's like oh you know the poor people do this or do that it's like well you know they're people they're just people but um also another critique of the movie uh it feels like it can't decide whether it wants us to like the family or not because a large part of the conflict in the story is that the uh, the racist mob outside of you know the the young republicans they want the uh, the homeless man to be brought outside so they can you know kill him and the family's like well the the dad's like well i guess we'll give him to him we got to we got to hunt him down inside the house and find him and 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 bring him to the to the mob outside or else they'll kill us so it feels like at that point we're not supposed to necessarily like or root for the family but the story does follow them so they like they are the protagonists but they aren't doing like heroic actions if that makes sense you know they're not acting like protagonists but then partway through it's like oh well you know as as they're tying the guy up and they're like torturing him and they're gonna let him outside to be killed it's like well you know maybe this isn't right and then the dad's like all right, so we should fight off the mob outside. Um, and then at that point, it's like, oh, they are they are like heroic. They are good people. It's like, well, hold on. They were going to kill this man. They were totally on board to just let this guy die. So it's like, not not so fast there. Also, there's this, this subplot. I wouldn't even call it a subplot. It's more just a story beat. That has nothing to do with the rest of the the plot. There's this guy in the story named Henry. He is the the daughter's boyfriend, and there's like a weird age difference. I it's never like concretely said what the difference is in age, but I guess he's like maybe in his like early twenties, and she's like seventeen or something. And the dad doesn't like that, and so he's like, "I'm gonna kill your father." And she's like, "No, don't do that." And then he tries to kill him, and then the the dad shoots him. And that at that point, that's when the homeless man like gets away and he's able to hide. So like I understand that's why they put it there, but it didn't add anything to the story. It just kind of distracted from what was going on. Yeah. Speaking of stuff that doesn't add to the plot, the neighbor showing up out of nowhere adds nothing to the plot, the conflict, or characterization. It also proves that the young Republicans, like the the mob that's outside, are not that much of a threat. Because yeah. these people with just like handguns come in and and wipe the floor with them. They squad wipe them. And it's like in, in like three seconds. And it's like, well, why didn't they do that earlier? Why didn't the family do that earlier? They have a whole arsenal of, of better guns. Because they're the good guys. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I guess. It's I, like Batman, why he doesn't use guns is because he good guy. I guess. Anyway, like I was saying earlier, though, about the the family not being a likable set of protagonists, I felt that it would have been so much better if the movie focused more on the the homeless veteran who doesn't even get named in the story, but his name is Dante Bishop. If the story followed Dante, I feel like it had it would have had the potential to be on the level of like Get Out, uh, being a commentary about like rich people ultimately not caring about uh poor people 
Yeah. Because I've they're, they they could have set up the plot in such a way that the uh, the the racist like young Republicans who in the movie are very weak narratively like they're weak characters they're not like they're they're just one dimensional like they want to kill him because he's homeless and that's the extent of who they are but I felt like that could have worked if they if they had redone the story to follow Dante Bishop. And they could have been like the bad rich people to contrast with the good rich people, aka the family, that end up betraying Dante anyway. So it could have been like, oh, you know, even if the rich people say that they care about regular people, they ultimately are just looking out for themselves. And it would, with the family also being sort of antagonistic, it would also kind of like, it would offset how bad of antagonists the young republicans are uh because they don't really they don't feel like people like one i guess nitpick about their whole deal is like they wait outside for like a number of hours for them to bring this this uh homeless guy out and it's like do they really not have anything better to do on purge night than to wait for this one homeless guy to be brought to them you understand this one guy they picked him. I guess. That was their pick of the week. Um, but yeah, so Dante in the end he gets so shafted because he he's more of an object in the story. He's more of a plot device than a character. Yeah. Where like it, it would have been so much better if he was the protagonist, but instead, in the movie that we got, he was just an object that the bad guys wanted. And the the good guys ended up deciding to protect. And then he came back later to sort of, like, you know, like, save them in the end. But he wasn't a character. He wasn't a person. He barely had lines. Yeah. He gets so shafted, especially at the end of the story, when he just walks off and the, and the mom's like, well, good luck out there. I won't, you know, let you stay here for a little bit or anything. I won't, you know, let you take a shower. Because, you know, you're covered in blood. But anyway, I guess to, to conclude my thoughts on The Purge 2013, the, the first, not the first Purge, but, you know, um, there seems to be, at, at the end of the day, there seems to be no real message outside of, man, it sure would be bad if crime was legal. Like, it doesn't really feel like, like, it, it feels like propaganda for something. Like, it feels like it's vaguely, like, pro-state propaganda. But it's like, do we really need uh, a movie to to have a message that just boils down to we live in a society? Anyway, that's my thoughts on The Purge 2013. If you want to watch something set in The Purge, but you don't want to watch this bad movie, I suggest, and this is my first recommendation of the week, unofficial, whatever. Um, this is my first recommendation of the week. The Purge, the TV series on Hulu. There's two seasons of it so far. I have seen the first episode so far, and it's pretty good. There's a lot more that's done with it. And by the way, one critique that I have of the movie, it doesn't feel like it needs to be set in the Purge universe. It doesn't feel like it is a narrative that necessarily has to be set in the Purge universe where crime is legal for one night. The series absolutely does so much with it. It does, of course, fit perfectly into this universe. 
and there's like there's a cult that forms around the purge there you you see like what the rich people do like the really rich people not like the suburban rich like like hunting the the homeless for sport rich and there's just so much there's so much interesting stuff that they do with it and i totally recommend the series not the movie all right so anyway you want to get into recommendations of the week yeah First recommendation that I have is Knockout City. It is a game that just released. It's on Steam. It's on uh, everywhere. It's the way that I describe it is like a team shooter, but instead of using guns, it's it's dodgeball. And uh, I played the beta for it a few months ago, and I I have the game now that now that it's officially released, and it is so much fun. I I love it so much. I'll have a link to the Steam store page in the description. Go check it out. Check out the the trailers, the screenshots. If it looks like something that's that's your your thing, I totally recommend it for $20. I'd say it's definitely worth the price. Uh next recommendation, uh what do I have? Uh oh, Bo Burnham's uh new special Inside just came out on Netflix yesterday. Uh well as of the day of recording this. So if you are unfamiliar with Bo Burnham, he is uh he's a comedian he does you know he he's a he's a musician and he kind of you know blends that not like in a weird owl way like music parodies uh but more like he uses comedy along with music to make jokes and you know do cultural critiques is uh his new special inside named after the location it was filmed at is uh it's like a solo thing that he worked on it for over a year during quarantine and he filmed it all in his house. But it is like a perfect representation of what an at-home show could be. Because every, like, when, when it's like, oh, Dancing with, Dancing with the Stars, but at home. Like, the at-home editions of so many shows were just, like, recording people over Zoom. And it's not, like, produced very well. Bo Burnham ha- takes, like, 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 stage show level production value. And he just does it at home. And it's brilliant it's it makes you feel ways about life and capitalism and just existence because bo burnham is chad he is a chad and it's the kind of thing where once you're done watching it you just have to sit for a minute and think and i completely recommend it it is it's on netflix go check it out it's it's amazing uh my final recommendation is a song I'm going to be honest, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Prison colon Sunshine Chuzo. Sure, yeah, that. Um, it is a song by an Italian musician who does not speak English, but he wrote a song that sounds like how English sounds to non-English speakers. It is so good. The lyrics are complete gibberish, but it is such a bop. I will have the Spotify link in the description um, along with the spelling of, 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 of the word. I don't know what show it was, but it was a cowboy show where they used it in there. And it was really cool. It was like a card shark show or something. Cause it's like, it's like they're in like the old West kind of attire and stuff and they go in and they got like the music playing and then it's like, yeah, we're going to gamble fuckers. So do you want to, do your recommendation and then we'll close it out my recommendation of the week as i am falling asleep is uh my favorite show from my childhood the iron giant yeah 
You should watch The Iron Giant, y'all. It's fucking lit. It's good shit. Awesome. And we didn't, by the way, we didn't do like an official like movie pick of the week or whatever. You want to talk about it next week? I'll watch it. You you can watch it if you want. I'm, I know you know the movie know front to heart. back. Yeah. Okay. No, we can do that one. I'll yeah. watch it when we'll talk about it next week. Uh, what is it on anything? Is it on? Is it on Netflix? God, shit, I don't know anymore. Like, I know it used to be on Netflix. You might have to look it up on YouTube or something. Check to see if you can find it on any of your streaming services that you are subscribed to. Uh, okay, so the Iron Giant is not available in America. Is it on Hulu? Did you just say it's not available in America? Yeah. Well, you know how stuff on Netflix is like oh, sometimes yeah. region locked. So yeah, if you have a VPN, it's on Netflix, or it looks like it. It's just it's on Hulu. Uh, it's not with like a premium subscription or anything. It's just if you have Hulu, um, then you have Iron Giant. So watch it, and then we'll discuss it next week. Uh, also, yeah. Modok. Modok is out. By the way, I forgot I about that, that show good. completely. Yeah, it's it's stop motion it has Patton oswalt i'm gonna watch it i i am going to watch it and if it's interesting enough we can talk about it next week but let's do it anyway yeah watch the iron giant viewer uh or else you will, will suffer the consequences come to your house and shit in your pants and i think that's the show hell yeah we did it i was mostly awake for it <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of You to Say. If this is your first time here, first of all, thank you for checking us out. Check out some more of our episodes. If any of them interest you, download them and listen to them uh, in that order. Of course, check out our merch. Our merch will be linked uh, in the description. Uh, check out Muscle Rock. Get yourself a Muscle Rock shirt, Muscle Rock button, uh, Muscle Rock mask. Well, masks are still relevant. Share the show with a friend. Tweet out our clips. Our clips channel will be linked in the description. I'm working on getting some more out there. Uh, get more eyes and ears on the show. Uh, leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube or any platform that you can leave comments on. Uh, if you have any uh, suggestions for stuff that you want us to talk about, or if you have any uh, movie recommendations, uh, or if you, if you thought we were really right about something or really wrong about something, comment that, or you can tweet at us. Our Twitters will be linked down below. Yeah, follow us on social media, uh, our Twitter, TikTok, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Follow me on TikTok, follow Jared on Twitter, friend him on Steam and or Xbox. Leave us a review on Podchaser. That's like an IMDb site for podcasts. Uh, that helps us out, I think. And uh, of course, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Turn on notifications, turn on automatic downloads. Have a good 9 a.m. through 9 p.m., our official business hours. Well, yeah, I'm awake. What? And uh, good night, everyone. I'll fucking... I'll break into your house. I'll fucking... I'll steal your cats. <laughs>